0: What's going on, everybody? Hope your weekend's going well. You are about to hear from Chris Harris. We recorded this on Tuesday. I know it is airing on Saturday, but just keep that in mind. This was Tuesday when we recorded. So thanks for listening. Enjoy the show, and we'll talk to you again on Monday. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go.
1: Email us at fantasyfootballcbsi.com. At Here we go. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Some combination of
0: Adam, Dave, Cheney, and Heath. All right, IDP, the individual defensive player. Let's talk about it. we got this 12-team IDP league that we drafted last week. And one of the participants every single year is Chris Harris of HarrisFootball.com. Chris, are you going to win the league this year?
1: I mean, if past results are any indication, no, but I'm trying, I'm I'm trying really hard. It's one that I would like to grab. I I have not yet done so. I think I've been in, this is maybe my fourth year, and I I think I was in the finals one of those three years, and otherwise it's not been
0: too impressive. Well, that's why we keep inviting you back, you know, because we need leagues to win too, so. (laughs) uh. (laughs) Shut up. Shut up, Adam. I already hate you. Welcome to the show, man. It is great to have you on. We do this every year. We talk uh, defensive players, so thank you for coming on.
1: I just told you to shut up and you're being nice to me. No, Stop. that's
0: what I do, <laughs> man. I disarm people and then, you know, then I'm nice and I make them feel bad about themselves. Anyway, Chris himself has a podcast that's five days a week. You want to tell us about your podcast? Competing podcast? It's,
1: it's so great. It's such a great podcast. You guys, seriously, you need to listen <laughs> to this podcast. It's so good. Jamie is on it sometimes and Dave is on it sometimes and Heath is on it sometimes and it's really just so good. Sounds a lot like ours. All right, so.
0: <laughs> let's uh, let's start with it. This is a uh, a uh, Jamie's here, by the way. So, um, hi, ah, yeah. hey, Jamie. Hi, Jamie. Um, um, so it's a it's a twelve team league. It's full PPR. You have to start three wide receivers and eight defensive players, right, Jamie? Yes. Okay. No nine. Nine. All right, my bad. Uh, no kickers, no DSTs. It's two defensive linemen, three linebackers, three defensive backs, and and a defensive flex. And a whole bunch of bench spots. It is twenty seven rounds. Why can't why don't I know this? 20, 28 rounds. rounds. Twenty-eight rounds. We're both wrong.
2: No, we got rid of the kicker because of Jake Seely.
0: Oh
1: gosh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it was the first year. This is the first year Seeley finally won. Um yeah. Not won the league, won the kicker argument. So that's right.
1: <laughs> Never the league, yeah.
0: <laughs> first question for you, Chris. You had the yeah. second overall pick, but in round seven The first overall pick of round seven was our first defensive player, and that was Colts linebacker Darius Leonard. Would you have considered him with your pick, with the second pick of round seven, when you actually took Aaron Rodgers? Um, No. No. Okay, so when would you take a defensive player, and would it be Darius Leonard?
1: Um, I'm fine if it's Leonard. I, I, so the reason this format is cool is because it act you know, if you're playing in an IDP league where it's just three players and they're all kind of can be whatever level you want, it just, there's not enough scarcity. So it just becomes almost like drafting a team defense where you take them in the last rounds because they're just so eminently replaceable. And this league does a better job of approximating some level of scarcity. But the problem is not enough. I mean, I almost don't think there is enough. There's just a lot of tackles out there in the world. And in the end, what you're really paying for is tackles. So it's tough for me to say, like, even in the first 10 rounds, there's any defensive player I would take. I'm okay if Leonard's the one you you pick. Um, I wound up going pretty rookie heavy among IDP players once I finally started taking them. I think the first uh, defensive player I might have taken was the Tampa Bay kid, the uh, white. um,
2: Devin White. The rookie?
1: yeah, uh, and then I think I'm I can't remember whether it was uh, him or Buddha Baker. I took them back to back, um, but at, you know, uh, clearly I'm taking a rookie in the 11th round of a of a 19. You're starting a nine team, IDP. In some ways, I think that the IDP is almost a distraction in a league like this because. Yeah. Sure, the you hope that your main contributor gives you an advantage, but how much of an advantage will the best performing linebacker be over the replacement level linebacker? Even in a league like this, it seems like it's pretty marginal. I mean, last year, uh, last year Darius Leonard was a lot
0: better in this format than just about everyone. He scored thirty six more fantasy points than the second best defensive player, which was uh, linebacker Corey Littleton of the Rams. But that just because it happened last year doesn't mean it will happen this year. But yeah, I mean, I, I don't go too heavy on IDP, and nobody does. I mean, it's because it's the seventh round for us to have one. Jamie, can you also talk about your philosophy and how you went about your defensive players in this league?
2: I'm I'm never going to take one early. Um, I'm, I'm typically going to you know let the draft sort of fall to me when it comes to the defensive guys. And I tend to put a little bit more of an emphasis on trying to get one elite pass rusher. So typically what will end up happening and happen in this draft is the top four or five middle linebackers will come off the board to tackle, you know, monsters, um, Darius Leonard, Luke Kuechly, those type of players. I was one. I think I took the second or third pass rusher. I think it went. Um, I want to say Miles Garrett might have been the first one. Uh, I took uh, Bosa, Joey Bosa with uh, a pick in the ninth round. So Miles Garrett, I'm just trying to look. Miles Garrett was off the board first and I guess I took both. Oh, no, I'm sorry. It went J.J. Watt, Aaron Donald. Miles Garrett, Joey Bosa in terms what, of the what pass. Round,
0: round. What round were we talking about? That was round nine.
2: So round eight is when the defensive guys started to come off the board. Or round seven, excuse me, is when the defensive guys started to come off the board. Round eight, there was a little bit of a trickle-down effect. And round nine, there was like starting the rush of, of defensive guys. And so I took Bosa with uh, the, the ninth pick in the ninth round.
0: Do we all agree, though, at least in this format, that you, you do want at least one or two really good IDPs? Because I, while I do agree that it made sense to wait, uh, I took Aaron Donald. Defensive line is so scarce. I took Aaron Donald uh, with the eighth pick of round eight. And, um, and then I think I took Leighton Vander not too long. And then I basically waited on IDP after that. I think my last like six picks or seven picks were all IDPs. But that's partially because I was auto-drafting because I was on a plane. But that w- I might have done that anyway. But can we at least agree that even if you don't have to go crazy, that you do want, you know,
1: some, st- some studs. Chris, what do you think? No, no, <laughs> I just don't think so. I, I came close to taking like Calais Campbell and I actually took Devin Wait instead of him. This is the 11th round. I mean, I don't think Calais Campbell people are viewing him as a, he's been a stud in the past, but he's not really a pass rusher. Yeah. I just think you can get by with, Oh, I mean, okay. Granted, I haven't won this league. So, but I, <laughs> I've never felt like the defensive players that I had in this league were the reason why I didn't win I find it hard to believe that we're going to look at the results of this league when we're done in December and say ah it was Aaron it was the Aaron Donald pick that put me over the top well it I just, had him I had him last year and, it, and I made the
0: semifinals. I, I think I, have, I had one of the highest scoring teams I just it was a nice comforting feeling to have a guy like Aaron Donald in my lineup who just was the number one defensive lineman last year and um, yeah you know he I mean, had an I he- amazing I year I hear
1: you I hear you, except for uh, if you're if you're going to say, I mean, it's it's almost unfair. I don't want to latch on to what you said about Leonard being 30 points better than the second, because it doesn't matter how much better you are than the second best defensive player. What matters is how far you above are, uh, the the replacement, the right. available waiver wire guy, or the or the whatever in this round, the 18th round pick, right? Sort of whatever we agree replacement level is. Is it more than two points a game? Is it more than three points a game? You know, certainly there are going to be more peaks and valleys. Darius Leonard or Aaron Donald are likelier to have the big splash game that actually makes an impact in in the box score compared to when you face me. And I've 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 kind of got you know puke in my defensive. Hmm. I, I have some fine players. It's fine. I took a chance on Nick Bosa actually very late uh, for so I actually have a defensive reserve. I don't know. I even in this format, I'm somewhat skeptical that there's enough of a marginal value. Among superstars, except for once or twice a season, the defensive superstars can rise up and have a defensive touchdown and have a couple of sacks and have eight tackles and that can really change things. But the fact is that any middle linebacker, even if he's bad, uh, can is going to have a bunch of tackles in any given week. And, uh, yeah, I am I'm repeating myself. I think the marginal value of a superstar on defense is somewhat overrated.
0: Jamie, quick thought on that. What do you think?
1: Well, it kind of goes back
2: to what you talk about, Adam, with you know tight ends comparatively to you know three receiver leagues. You know, it it kind of gets a little saturated. So, I I think if you have the best of the best, it makes it a little bit more comforting, you know. And and probably a good lineup to look at would be Gary Davenport, who's the IDP expert at Roto World, and he took a lot of the better defensive players. You know, comparing that to his offensive guys, not that his offensive guys are bad, but he's just. Really loaded on the defensive side. Well, let's side. talk
0: about it. Let's t- go through his lineup. What is what is Gary's offensive lineup? Um, you, I have well, it. Well, he spent he want. spent
1: six picks on offense, guys. Unfortunately, one of them was Lamar Miller, wow. <laughs> so he's he's in so, a little bit of trouble as far as that goes. But he, it's not like he went defense. We don't want to paint that as Gary going defense in round three or whatever. He's doing it in no, round he seven. Was the
2: first one to take Darius Leonard, I believe he took and Miles Garrett back to back. So he has what a lot of people would consider the best linebacker and the best pass rusher. And it's hard to argue with that, you know, so the rest of his offensive guys are, are still pretty good, even factoring in Lamar Miller's selection. Uh, he's got Baker Mayfield, carry on Johnson, Christian McCaffrey, Tyler Boyd, Josh Gordon, Tyrell Williams is his third receiver. Austin Hoopers is tight end and Devontae Freeman as his flex. So he has three, however you want to call it, top 20 running backs with Johnson, McCaffrey and Freeman, um, you know, two top 25 ish receivers in Boyd and, and Gordon and what could still qualify as a top twelve tight end with a top five quarterback, you know, with Mayfield and, and Hooper. So, it, it's it's, it's good, a very yeah. good offensive lineup.
0: Just probably start. probably not a great bench, and
1: um, it's not. It's also not he took he, he took Garrett in the ninth, so so it wasn't back to back. It was this. He took a first round the seventh and first round the ninth were his first two uh, defensive players, and you know uh, he, where he's loading up is like every other every other pick cause he was picking first. Right. So, and he took McCaffrey and we could talk about that. If you just want to not talk about IDP, just how this draft yeah, went. Let's, let's try. That was very, I,
0: I have one more, I have one more IDP question. Yeah. yeah. And then let's just talk fantasy football.
1: But right. But the, but, but he was basically going, he was going Littleton in the 12th. He was going Jalen Smith in the 13th. Like he, he wouldn't go back to back defensive players, but consistently he was going defense skill guy, defense bench skill guy, defense, golden Tate defense, you know, and right. for me, that's, it can work out fine. I just, I have a hard time thinking that Jalen Smith in the 13th round matters marginally compared to whoever I get at linebacker in the 18th. It'll be, it might, could be a, over the course of the season. It might be a few points. It might be a couple more splash games. My philosophy is there's almost nothing you can do in an IDP to make me want to take one in the seventh round. Yeah.
0: And this is a deep, deep bench league. So not a lot on waivers. So you, you want to make sure you have some depth in a league like that, you know, offensive players, because the defensive players I find throughout the year, Are pretty much interchangeable. I mean, that's right. You can pick them up. Yeah.
1: You know, you better get a bench offensively. There's no one, but defensively, you can always find someone.
0: All right. So, two more IDP questions. Um, First one is just like who are, you know, IDP 101, who are some of the best players? If you were in a shallower league where you were only starting three IDPs, you know, Jamie, you mentioned we've obviously talked about Darius Leonard, Miles Garrett, Aaron Donald, got to mention Jamal Adams. Who are some of the best, Jamie, IDPs?
2: I I think, you know, depending on it's also first off, I think it matters uh, your designation with defensive line comparatively to linebacker and how some of those guys, you know, can be a little interchangeable depending on your on your league. But it's it's the the it's still the top tier linebackers. You know, I think Deion Jones has a big bounce back season. Now, he's healthy for Atlanta. Leighton Vander Esch um, for the Cowboys, Jalen Smith for the Cowboys. You know, they have a a, a great group, um, DeMarcus Lawrence as well. Um, Tremaine Edmonds for Buffalo, I think, has a chance to be a really good player. C.J. Mosley will still be really good for the Jets. Um, Bobby Wagner. Bobby Wagner, for sure. You know, hopefully yeah. that is right. You know, Chris mentioned yeah. Devin White. I think he could be really special as a
0: rookie. Any sleepers, uh-huh. guys? Any any guys that, like rookies? Drew
2: Peppers. I got him late Drew at, as a defensive back. You know, I think he's going to you know change his game a little bit playing with the Giants. Um, you know, be a little bit, you know, closer to line scrimmage, which will help, you know, with some of the tackle totals. So he was one that I got relatively late and I was pleased with.
1: Roquan right. Smith, uh, he's not a rookie, but um, I think, you know, again, I, I would put him top 10 at that position.
0: Okay. Bears linebacker who I absolutely loved coming out of Georgia last year. So it could be yeah. a nice second year for him. All right. And then the final question for IDPs. Um, now, Chris, you you already alluded to this. And I've never done a shallower IDP league, but philosophically, I would think the opposite of what you said is I'm probably wrong, but in a shallower (laughs) league where you're not starting this many guys, I feel like each position carries more weight. And I feel like in that format, you would want to invest more in individual defensive defensive players because those studs would really make more of a difference because they're one of three instead of one of nine. You know what I mean? No, they just don't. It's the exact
1: reason why you don't take quarterbacks early when there's no scarcity. But
0: but I'm I mean, I'm more likely to take a stud quarterback in a ten team league than I am in a twelve team league, because I'm not. Oh my god. No. Incorrect. See, Incorrect, okay. Adam. Again, wrong. wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I mean, to explain myself, it's like you you have an opportunity in a ten team league to be elite at every position. Um, so, you know, because the running back and wide receiver depth will just be better. So that's why I'm more likely to take a top tight end or a top quarterback. Um, whereas in a 12 team league, I I want to, the real scarce positions running back and wide receiver, I want to sort of, um, I want to pile up more there. Uh, so, you know, I wait on quarterback. So that's kind of my philosophy, just deep versus shallow leagues in general. And I guess I
1: would in theory translate it to IDP, but you apparently would not. I wouldn't draft that way with skill positions in a 10 player league either. I would just wait like crazy on everything that wasn't scarce in a 10 position and for quarterback for tight end in a 10 team league compared to a 12 team league. Anyway, the, it's a market principle The It's, if you knew, if you could tell me exactly what the order of finishes and who the Pat, who the Pat Mahomes throwing 50 touchdowns is beforehand, if you knew for sure, sweet. The problem is I not the problem. The, the, the great bonus is that <laughs> if I'm drafting quarterbacks in a 10 team league, There's 15 guys who could finish in the top five easily, probably more than that. And I don't know which one is going to do it, but I got tons of chances, so I don't need to spend the early pick. I spend the pick on scarce stuff early. I don't need to be spending things on that's the almost definition of a market. I think if it's scarce, the price is lower. I just don't know.
0: I just don't know what's really scarce in a 10 team league. You know, like I'm, I'm not taking I'm not taking Aaron Rodgers over Dalvin Cook. I'm not saying that. Um, right. But I might take Aaron Rodgers over Tevin Coleman or something like that. Uh, yep. Maybe, you know, that it would come it would come into play there, whereas in a 12 team league, I wouldn't think about doing that. But I wouldn't. Attend right. team
1: well, league. E- either way, the The point for me would hold consistently posi- through regardless of position. The, the Just the less scarce any particular position group is in a draft for me means the longer you wait and the less you stress about it because replacements are available You can always take a high upside inside linebacker who, you know, take a a Devin Bush, right? You could take Devin Bush for the Steelers probably pretty late and fantastic if he's the rookie who winds up with a ton of tackles and looks like Roquan Smith eventually looked like once he got it signed and everything, then you've got to steal. And if not, it doesn't matter because there's a hundred guys on the waiver wire who, Mm -hmm. you know, there's going to be a breakout guy in a league where you're only drafting three IDP players. There's going to be a breakout guy who doesn't get drafted. There's going to be multiples. They're going to be available on the waiver wire.
0: Okay. Chris, what else? What's on your mind, Chris? Give us some some fantasy <laughs> football
1: takes. I just came on belligerent. What's my problem? <laughs> You're like having me on this podcast every year and I just come out being mean. Um, well, so the I, th- I just want to talk in this particular case of this draft and Gary picking one and me picking two. This was a week ago-ish, right? And I hadn't, uh, so I put that, that Almanac thing that I send you guys, and it's this big giant guide that's got tons of stuff in it, and I write it all summer, and I kind of, I write it really early on, and then, you know, there's a struggle to know how much to react to. Okay, Zeke Elliott is holding out. How much do you want to lower him? And I kind of resist doing that until, you know, the we get further in August. Long long story to get to my, my point and their question is, I found out I had two, and at the moment when we did that draft, I still had Zeke as my number two guy in PPR. And I thought to myself, oh my God, am I really gonna do this? We're playing this league out. This league league is really fun. Uh oh, like, am I really gonna, Barkley's gonna go one and am I gonna have to go Zeke two? Or is this kind of the indication that maybe I should finally relent? The holdout has lasted long enough. (laughs) If I'm not gonna take him two in the the CBS IDP league that I love, then I shouldn't have him rated two. And so I'm kind of stressed about it. I'm sitting there waiting, waiting, assuming Barkley's gonna go one. And then Gary goes, Christian McCaffrey won. And I'm like, disaster averted. (laughs) To Saquon Saquon Barkley at two. For me, he's such a clear one. I don't care the league format. I'm extremely excited to have gotten him. And I got to put off the Zeke decision. And then the postscript to that is I did wind up lowering Zeke a little bit. He's still in my first round, but I did. I, I took that internal tension to heart. And I was like, okay, dude, you need to be honest with yourself. He probably shouldn't go too
0: we're recording on Tuesday and you're listening on Wednesday, but you know, so just in case there's any breaking news on Tuesday night, be aware. But as of right now, when would you draft Ezekiel Elliott? I took him fifth in this draft.
1: And that's probably fine. I I might actually go a little bit later just cause I might put a co- couple receivers in front of him. But when you took him there, that doesn't bother me at all. It's much more man with super quality options above him. And especially maybe the three elite receivers or ish. I don't know how many you want to say, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I love being risk embracing and Elliot is exactly the kind of guy that if you're going to be risk embracing, you should. That's where you should take a risk, where he's a league winner if it works out in your favor, and of course you get hosed if it doesn't. But you know, rather than take the risk on I don't know, I don't need to take a risk on Lamar Jackson. As much as I recognize he's got tons and tons of upside, he also couldn't throw it straight last year. What's what's the when it's not that scarce of a position, I just don't know that I need to take the chance. I know Heath would. Uh, uh, but yeah, I, I feel like maybe I feel okay. Not now. I want to take a risk on someone like Zeke Elliott.
0: Yeah. All right, Jamie, let's pick apart Chris's team since he's been such a jerk yeah. on this podcast. <laughs> and, you know, I was looking at, I was looking at a team and I was like, damn, this team is really good. And I thought it was Chris's. and I realized it was actually Jamie's. So Jamie, <laughs> your, your team is excellent. We could talk about that. The Chris's though is also very good. Um, Aaron Rodgers Saquon Barkley and Tariq Cohen, Keenan Allen, Antonio Brown, and Cooper Cup, David Njoku and Darius Geis, and then a bunch of IDPs. So again, it's Aaron Rodgers, Barkley, and Cohen. This is full PPR. Keenan Allen, Antonio Brown, Cooper Cup, David Njoku, Darius Geis. I do see some question marks, though, particularly with your running backs. You have Barkley, which is a no-brainer, and then Tariq Cohen and Darius Geis at Flex, uh, on the bench, Naeem Hines, Duke. Oh, Duke Johnson. That's a heck. That's a better pick now. <laughs> uh, yeah, that helps. I that knew, helps. I knew yeah. it was coming. <laughs> um, but Jamie, what you know? What's your quick thought on on uh, the core of of Chris's team?
2: Oh, it's exceptional. I mean, you know, obviously, again, factoring in now Duke Johnson, but I think, you know, when you get Barkley and Rogers and the combination of the three receivers that he has, that's just Impressive, and Chris was on our our telethon and called us all dumb for letting Antonio Brown fall to the third round of that draft. got him third round here. I think too. he
0: said you guys are bad at this or something like that. No, so he
2: called us dumb. But Both, dumb. yeah. He specifically pointed out, just so they're listening, the fantasy footballers, the two guys from the Athletic. And Eric Young from the WWE, he called them all dumb. Yeah,
1: call that call d-
0: Eric Young dumb to his face. I dare you. Right,
1: right. <laughs> I, I interact with EY on Twitter all the time. And I, let's, let's just be honest, I would never do that because I'm not stupid.
2: <laughs> Chris, let me, just, let me just tell you something. You remember how Adam was fawning all over you when he met you in person about how he thought you were so in shape and so well built and all those things? Oh, yeah. In yeah. New York City. You can, you can only imagine when he was, he was sitting in a room with a professional wrestler for six hours. Yeah, Can right next Can you imagine to... the compliments that were coming out of his mouth?
0: <laughs> to that man.
1: What do you bench, bro? What do you bench, bro? What? You, what? You, what you... <laughs> and then he and then he picked me
0: up and he bench pressed me thirty-five times. <laughs> uh, I basically weigh uh, the bar. Um, so, well, actually, how much does the bar weigh?
1: More uh, than. Not, not as much as you.
0: Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. I, weigh, I weigh like maybe two of the bars. Um,
1: two bars. We well, two
0: bars. Two <laughs> bars, Adam. Two bars. Well, how do you feel about Darius Geis? Uh, who? Well, okay. I'm assuming Duke Johnson will be your flex, but you know the combination of Darius Geis, Tariq Cohen, and, and now Duke Johnson as your running back depth behind Saquon.
1: Yeah, you know I, I have tended to go in the direction of uh, like so the second, third, fourth rounds. I'll, I'll take a bunch of receivers. I, it, to me, it feels like the market's a little high on some of those. Decent, but sort of scary floored running backs and maybe not as like to me, Cooper cup, I'm basically getting very end of the fourth, beginning of the fifth. I'm really excited to get him there. And as I mentioned, very excited to get Antonio Brown. I think, you know, there's a lot of market inefficiency based on his own nonsense, his own noise. Uh, and therefore I'm often finding myself, uh, lacking in running backs, uh, or, or having to reach or having to s- sort of scramble and cobble together. And in this case, obviously got really lucky Uh, with Duke Johnson in the 11th round or whatever. Um, But before the Lamar Miller injury, I just did a a charity auction, a different charity draft a couple of days ago or yesterday or something. They all blend together where I went three receivers to start uh, starting with Julio at number five, I think, and then taking two more receivers just because I didn't love the running backs. I want to stick to my board, which is has. So basically the bottom line is to get to your question. If I had my choice, would Tariq Cohen be in my starting lineup? Maybe not. there's only so good he's going to be. He needs a big touchdown season again. He has it in him to produce a bunch of big plays, be a per per touch monster in the way that I remember last year, last summer, people told me, no, Tyreek Hill can't do it again. That touchdown rate is not sustainable. If you're the fastest player at your position, it's sustainable. And, uh, and Trey Cohen is the fastest running back in the league, I think. And so I wouldn't be surprised. I don't think the workload goes up, but I wouldn't be surprised to see big plays guys, don't love the situation also feel like if we're judging the situation and and putting the final nail in the coffin beforehand we're making a really big mistake i said this just recording on wednesday on my podcast or tuesday on my podcast uh do we remember the season over under win totals last year from vegas do we remember cleveland was five wins do we remember chicago was five and a half wins uh like to decide that we know what these teams are beforehand and we're going to completely exclude maybe very good players because we're sure it's going to be a bad situation in Miami or in Washington. I don't know, I, like we're wrong every year on somebody and usually it's a couple of three teams that we're wrong on that they're going to be terrible. So I don't want Darius guys situation to be a total disqualifier. But again, this is a long harangue to say of course my running backs are not as optimal as I wish they were other than Saquon.
0: Yeah. And it's nice to have Saquon. <laughs> yeah. Uh Jamie, what stood out to you in this draft, if anything? Um
2: I I think really it's just the 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 when to pull the trigger on the IDP guys. You know, that that's always gonna determine a draft like this because it's so in-depth. You know, I, I know I run this league, but I inherited it um when I when I took over two thousand and six. So I I kept the rules in place. It's it's a very you know, heavy IDP league. I don't think a lot of people go this deep in most of their IDP formats. And it's it's always the the people who do decide to go early uh, on the defensive guys and then the, the players that you're able to sort of steal a little bit later from the offensive perspective. So, um, you know, kind of to tie in what Chris was saying, there are going to be some defensive players that sway how this league goes, but it's not necessarily going to be the, the make or break, I don't think, because it is so deep with all the defensive guys.
0: All right, Chris. We've got about five minutes left. Why don't you give give us some of your favorite players or sleepers, breakouts, busts, whatever you want to do.
1: The floor is yours. The floor is mine. I mean, I just want to win this league. That would be awesome. <laughs> if I could just please win this league. Can we arrange that? Second I place. mean, so so like I'll just say for uh, for example about you know the player. I wouldn't have taken Duke Johnson in the tenth round if I'd been thinking IDP at that point. So it feels like, of course, did I know that Duke Johnson was going to wind up being potentially Houston starting running back. I didn't, but it feels to me like that's why you wait on less scarce positions so that you can then, you know, you, basically you're just trying to take shots at it take another one, take another one, take another running back, take another wide receiver and just see what happens. Eventually someone's going to get hurt. I want to, any fantasy team that I have, I want to lay the bench with those scarce positions because, it's all going to detonate as of week one, and it detonated for Lamar Miller's knee, unfortunately, before week one, uh, so that, that one of those shots that I took happened to already work out. But for me, that's a much better strategy managing scarcity than than – and it helps. I mean, I'm usually going to take, you know, philosophically what I talk about my podcast, what I ask Jamie to do. Every time Jamie comes on my show during the season, it's I, I watch, ask him to watch three games. Can we just talk, let's talk through what you saw when you laid eyes on three entire games? Because my whole shtick on my show, people get tired of me saying it is film don't lie, that I'm going to try to pick the good players and not worry so much about situation. In the case of someone like Duke Johnson, I've just always really liked him. And thought he was a very good player, maybe underutilized in Cleveland. So, uh, again, that was a very fortunate sort of confluence in week in round ten there. But yeah, you know, I, I took I'm just I took Dante Pettis in round eight. And I know the coach is saying a, a bunch of bad stuff about him, and I know the depth chart is somewhat uncertain, and he has a groin injury that came out of the third week. And I'm aware of all this hullabaloo, but I've rarely seen a receiver come into the league with the route running ability to get open like Dante Pettis did last year. I've, I've done some YouTube work on him, and he just—he looks like Keenan Allen out there. He's just is open all the time. I really, in the end, despite all the blah, 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 from the coach. I find it hard to believe they're going to leave that talent. He'd have to be a bad guy to leave that kind of talent on the bench. And so, you know, probably my picks in this draft and the propaganda that I fill everybody's head with on my podcast is all about let's try to pick out the best players because as much as situations absolutely matter, we're not awesome at deciding what they are beforehand. All right, so how
0: about I give you some names? I'll go like rapid fire, some sort of... I
1: won't say controversial
0: but maybe difficult draft day decisions and you tell me when sure. you're comfortable taking them. Okay, here we go. We already yeah. know
1: Zeke Todd Gurley. I'm pro uh but I obviously that's one where you just sort of you're either going to take the take willing to take the risk or not. If you take the risk, it's it's now going to be roughly a first round pick. Um and and I would probably Towards the end of the first round, being willing to make that, I, I, I certainly, I think he went in the second in this draft. Is that right? Uh, I think he did. Yeah, and third pick of the that second. That was uh, Roto Curve, Adam from Roto Curve, in the third pick of the second round. I like that a lot. And Jamie, why don't you weigh in? Todd Gurley.
2: I think the second round is the right spot to take a chance on him. You know, I I, I was anti Gurley, but I think the more you just see what's happening with the Rams, that there's been nothing. Now, kudos to them if they're able to hide it from. Any reporters finding out, but no knee soreness, no knee setback, no anything that has kept him off the practice field. They've been obviously very cautious with him and not playing him in the preseason, which we expected, but they didn't play him in the preseason last year. So I think the fact that Daryl Henderson is struggling should make you a little bit more comfortable with Todd Gurley. And the fact that if you're Sean McVay and you have a key moment and this is supposed to be Daryl Henderson's drive, because that's how he scripted it, that may not be the case. So his workload is the biggest concern for me, but I'm I'm certainly a little bit more comfortable with Gurley in the second round.
0: All right, two more. Aaron Jones, Chris. When would you take Aaron Jones?
1: So, I, forgive me for not remembering where he went in this draft, but um, there you. I'm pro, I'm probably a little bit uh lower than the market on Aaron Jones, only because as I mentioned, I just value the Stefan Diggs's and Adam Thielen's and Keenan Allen's and uh Robert Woods's and uh, of the world probably a little bit more Brandon Cook's uh I have Aaron Jones in a standard league 42, so fourth round, and he's not gonna last to the fourth round. Again, I like I think he's good. I did actually did YouTube work on him as well. I, I think he's good, but I wonder if he's extraordinary. He, it seems to me the one thing he does really well is accelerate and go north-south real, real directly, and he surprises people with that acceleration. I don't see him make a lot of moves otherwise. He, in a way, kind of reminds me of Dalvin Cook, but maybe like a degraded version of Dalvin Cook. Uh, I don't I don't love Jamal Williams. I never did. I told people last summer not to draft him, but I don't think he's uninvolved in Green Bay.
0: All right. Who's your favorite mid-round wide receiver? Let's say... Like in the Cooper Cup, Calvin Ridley, Josh Gordon, Range. Like who are you targeting there? I'd say, let's say that Lockett, Galladay, and Godwin are off the board.
1: Yeah, and I, I don't like Godwin at that price, so that's I'm different from the market on that. Okay. Uh, if Lockett, Galladay, Godwin are off the board, Mike Williams is he off the board no, at that point? No, he's there. He's there. So I'd say I'd say if we've gotten past you know the Edelman Cup, Woods, Galladay, I, I I like Mike Williams. But I also don't fight it too hard if someone says Josh Gordon. I think T.Y. Hilton's probably in that neighborhood now too. Uh I, I I've lowered Hilton from thirteen to twenty three, I think. Twenty yeah, something like that. Right at right behind Josh Gordon, actually. I, I recognize that there's a big question about Josh Gordon being there at the end of the year, but um, and, and he's probably not the speed demon we remember from twenty thirteen. He certainly wasn't last year. He was he looked like Alshon Jeffrey out there, but that can play. I mean, if Alshon Jeffrey was on New England, I think we would like Alshon Jeffrey a oh, lot, yeah. oh, quite, yeah. quite a lot.
0: All right, Chris, thank you so much for joining us, man.
1: Oh, it's a blast. Love coming on. Um, I really want to win this league, so <laughs> if you guys could make bad trades and stuff, I would really appreciate no that. No problem. Send some crappy s- offers over, man. We'll see what we can do. <laughs> this is a this is a big one for me, man. I've kind of like felt like Barkley like landed in my lap completely unexpectedly, and it, I have to take advantage. Uh, on, at two, I mean, yeah, okay, a little bit, a little bit.
0: I get that. Uh, you are lucky. So, I, I, yes. Let's go, let's go, he, Giants. Let's go, Saquon.
1: Well, he fell into my lap, meaning. I really thought he should have gone one, and I was kind of having like having to do mental gymnastics to not take Zeke at two, and so I was <laughs> probably not going to take him at two. The fact that he fell into my lap after 10 minutes sitting there going, oh, come on, two? Am I really not? Oh, come on. I felt <laughs> like
0: that was that was a win. And I'm just happy that I have the uh, the first pick in the draft in the next draft that we're doing. Chris Harris, uh, Twitter handle, sir?
1: You know it, at Harris Football.
0: Uh, that's right, you know at it. Harris Football. Well, you know, I, I always confuse it with the cornerback. That's the problem.
1: <laughs> I get that well, a it's lot. Funny. It's so well, funny you mentioned that because,
2: uh, Pete Prisco, um, our senior NFL writer. Uh, I'm, I'm sure you are familiar, Chris. Um, uh, yeah. Adam's certainly familiar. He has to drink a lot of water. Every time I say his name, it's a drinking game that we play on our, on our, yeah, yeah, podcast. I gotcha. Um, so Pete is, uh, has a very good relationship with Chris Harris. And, um, you know, every time they see it, it, it I saw Chris Harris at the pro bowl. Pete was not there. I went up to Chris. I said, Hey, uh, Pete Prisco told me to come say hello to you. Oh Pete, I love Pete, my my dog, I love Pete, whatever. So Chris, um, Pete is on the on the telephone with us and he's looking at the rundown. He goes, he goes, You got Chris Harris on the show? This is awesome. I love talking to Chris. <laughs> <And I> say, <laughs> Not that Chris Harris. Different, different Chris Harris. You will love talking to him. Yep, yeah. That's awesome, knows the stuff, <laughs> fantastic at what he does. Uh, but totally different Chris Harris. Right.
1: Also, it's funny that Chris Harris, the Broncos player, goes by Chris Harris Jr. and is quite a bit younger than me. Not young enough to actually be my son, but quite a bit younger (laughs) than me. So on my show, he often gets referred to by listeners who write in with snarky email as my son, Chris Harris. uh, Oh, yeah. Well, you must be very proud to watch him on Sunday. Very proud. He feels like the checks haven't been arriving via the mail. Also
2: very, very, uh, very well built.
1: Yes. 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 Also, could, so, uh, You can see where he gets his physique from. Could Absolutely. certainly bench press me.
0: Okay, that's Chris Harris, Jamie Eisenberg. I'm Adam Azer. Remember, we have a special sports line episode coming later tonight with Mike McClure talking DFS. So get excited for that, and I will talk to you along with Jamie. We will talk to you on Thursday on Fantasy Football Today. See ya.